0: Currently playing still guitar for country star Chevelle Shepard, winner of The Voice Season 15, Ted Hockenberry's various bands have warmed up for world-famous acts like the Charlie Daniels Band, Maroon 5, Foreigner, and Three Dog Night. Learn more about Ted and listen to him pick the banjo on this episode of A Tale to Tell. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Don Roberts, your host, and I've got Ted Hockenberry here. How are you doing, Ted?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Ted, you are known as being one of the greatest steel guitar players in the land, or at least this side of the Mississippi. What, <laughs> do, you think? That far, what do you think about that? Uh-huh. Well, I think it's got to be true if you're playing with one of the greatest young female country singers in the country, right? Yes. So, um, and you're one hell of a banjo player, and I appreciate you bringing your banjo, and for those of you that are interested in that, you definitely want to stick around if for no other reason, just to listen that's right. to the banjo. Wow, you're currently playing with Chevelle Shepherd, winner of The Voice, season 15. Yes. And we're going to talk about more of that later. That is really exciting. Going to talk about some of the things going on with country music television and Christmas album that's going on and whatnot. Before we get into that, let's go back in time and talk about your childhood, if you don't mind. and How okay. about uh, indulging us a little in that?
1: Well, I was born in uh, New Jersey, a little town called uh, Lebanon, New Jersey. Very small town. How small? Oh, I couldn't tell you the number. Uh, Ten people? Only, <laughs> Not that small? <laughs> well, more than that. Then I, from Lebanon, I moved to a little town called Glen Gardner when I went to, uh, I was in middle school. And uh, then it was, that was a small town because my graduating class in middle school had 15 kids, that's it. That is small. That's that's very small. (laughs) And that's when I formed my first little band and I played at my, I was playing drums. Oh, I like that. And uh, I played at my eighth grade continuation dance. So that was quite interesting.
0: So you started out on the drums. How'd you get involved in
1: banjo, or what? What made you like the drums? Because my dad played drums. He had a polka band. Polka. And I grew up listening to my dad's band. So and your polka.
0: dad, your dad was like John Candy and Home Alone. He uh, was like. uh yeah. they, they had
1: a nice little, <laughs> nice little polka band, and they used to make their own seventy-eight records. They had a machine that would do it right there at the house. we be not Yeah, so that was quite interesting. Well, that is neat. And then I uh, went from drums to uh, wanting to learn how to play guitar. You and wanted to
0: learn how to play guitar. Yeah, yeah. Why? So you could be out in front front of the stage.
1: I don't. I just I just wanted to play guitar. Yeah. You know, that wasn't my intention to be out front. I just wanted to play guitar. And it, uh, then as time went on, I learned how to play.
0: What were some of the styles of music that you played in maybe middle school and high school?
1: I played mostly um, uh, rock and roll stuff, Beach Boys, you know, stuff like that. And and then when I got to high school, I played drums in the the concert band, and we did uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and Chicago stuff, because I really liked the sound of the horns. You bet. I just loved it, you know.
0: So, Ted, what made you get into country music?
1: Well... My uh, brother-in-law had a country band and uh, I was 17, going to be 18, and I wasn't really in the country and he kept begging me to come play guitar because he needed a guitar player. He said, uh, come play Friday and Saturday and I'll give you 80 bucks a night. So. A lot of money. Back then it was, you know, because this is back in New Jersey and they they paid good, you know. You're talking about what, three, four hours a a night, 80 bucks. Yeah. And so I did it, and then uh, every weekend he kept asking me, and I was thinking, wow, 160 bucks—that's pretty good money, you know. That way I don't have to get a day job, <laughs> you know. And the more I did it, the more I said, well, this real simple stuff—you know, I could, I could do this.
0: And so you basically played in the band and didn't have a day job, or were you guys? How many nights a week were you guys playing? Just two nights a week. Okay, but, but <laughs> at that I was rate. at
1: home and at 160 dollars a week. And back then, you know, gasoline was...
0: That's a lot of cabbage.
1: Gasoline was under a buck, so... Mm. And cost of living was so cheap, you know. And I was living at home anyhow, so...
0: That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: And so, the more I did it, the more I I started liking it. And then, uh, when I turned 20, uh, a friend of mine from town I came from, she was in college in Tucson, and her husband had a country band, in Tucson, and they were playing six nights a week, but they didn't pay that much, but they were working six nights a week, you know, as a house band, but he needed a drummer, so since I played drums, I didn't have a drum set at the time, so her brother had a drum set. So the drums you used to play, that, that was the school school's yes, set, right? Right,
0: right. Okay. So... Off you go? Did you head to Tucson?
1: So I, so I did an audition over the phone on the drums. Nice. And uh, he hired me. So I packed up everything I had when I was 20 and drove from New Jersey to Tucson. What were you driving? I was driving a 71 Chevy and Pallet. Uh, All right. So I got to Tucson and I started playing six nights
0: a week. Now, had Austin. you ever been to Tucson? What was that like? Was that a culture shock or not so much?
1: It was. And I was excited in it because I couldn't wait to see my first tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I saw one was on Gunsmoke on the TV, you know. Now and you're out west. Now I'm out west, you know. It's like, wow. And I'm playing six nights a week, you know.
0: Did um, that take its toll on you or were you, you had so much energy and you were so oh, young that it oh was, yeah. you were I lo- I you were good.
1: It. I loved it, you know. Me and the bass player of that band, we started rooming together, you know. We had a two-bedroom trailer for... 400 bucks a month, which was cheap, you know. You bet. So how long were you guys together? Well, I got there and uh, I moved out there in 73. And we were together for like almost two years. Okay, and then what What transpired after that? Well, after I played drums with him for a while, I, w- I picked up a little lap steel guitar. And I wanted to learn how to play that. And, and I knew how to play guitar. So we hired a drummer and I went on guitar and lap steel. Explain to us what a lap steel and a pedal steel guitar is. A lap steel is you lay it on your lap, it's got six strings and you just play it. A pedal steel guitar, my first one had eight strings and knee levers and pedals. Then I went from eight string to ten, then to a double neck. And, but then that band lasted for, like I say, almost two years. And then uh, we broke up, and then I started my own band, called Silver Sage, and I called up some friends of mine from Jersey, and they drove all the way out to Jersey, and we put a band together. You mean they drove all the way out
0: to Tucson? Yeah.
1: From New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. How long were you guys together? We were together for, oh, maybe uh, four years.
0: Okay. And then after
1: that, is that when... You got involved well, with Dusty Chaps? After that, Dusty Chaps was looking for a steel player. And uh, I went and audition because they were just getting ready to sign with Capitol Records. Yeah, and you late. guys
0: you guys cut two albums with Capitol Records, yes, didn't you? Yes,
1: and then I got hired through Dusty Chaps. And then we we, we got signed for two album contracts. And we did that and opened up for a lot of people. Hey, you guys yeah. warmed up for Charlie Daniels, right? Charlie Daniels is the one that got us started with Capitol because we used to open up for him a lot. And he really liked our music. What an honor, wow. And he got us the connections with Capitol and they heard us because we had to go to uh, the Palomino Club in LA and, and audition for a Capitol Records there. And then from there we did a two record album. And then,
0: Ted, I know we've talked, uh, the audience doesn't know, but tell me what was so special about Dusty Chaps?
1: Uh, they were all original music. We didn't do any copy. No covers. No covers, times, no covers <laughs> at all. Everything we 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 wrote ourselves and did it ourselves. And you guys were a
0: big band, eight piece.
1: Yeah, we we had eight pieces. We
0: had and I've I've listened to a few few numbers. You guys were tight and dynamic. You can still
1: buy our albums on eBay. And matter of fact, yesterday I was on YouTube and, and typed into Dusty Chaps, and you can still listen to us on YouTube.
0: That's terrific.
1: Tell us about the audition that you had with Dusty Chaps. Oh, <laughs> well, I went for the audition because uh, I didn't know much about the music part. I just played by ear, you know. And uh, Red Davis on the keyboard, was doing a song, and he says, I want you to play a G major scale. And I looked at him like... What's that? <laughs> yeah, what's a G major scale. And it got quiet, and all of a sudden, I heard him play it on the piano. And as soon as he played it, I said, oh yeah, I can do that, yeah. no problem. You know? So I played that, and then I got the job, and then the next day I went, signed up at Pima College for music theory.
0: Because a couple of these guys were from Berklee School of Music, yeah, right? Of
1: had to, yeah, and they were. These guys were elite. Oh yeah, these they knew what they were doing. And I wanted to be somewhat on that level without going through all the college. But I did, I went through the uh, Pima College, Learned all the music theory that I could absorb. You bet, and uh, that helped out so much. You bet.
0: So Ted, how long was Dusty Chaps together?
1: Well, or were you with them? I should I say I was with them for almost three years, but they were together for uh, uh, last year. We went and did uh, their 50, 50th anniversary. Oh, well, that's right. Back to Tucson. Tucson, and a special. Yeah, tell us about that. Mayor of Tucson gave us the key to the city, and declared October fifth Dusty Chap Day. What an honor! And that was that was awesome.
0: That is neat. Yeah. And I saw a picture of you, and it's just, it, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty <laughs> amazing. All you guys had a lot of hair, but you had this long hair, this huge beard, and you looked like a little Grizzly Adams. Yeah, and an <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've changed a bit, haven't yes, we? Yes, a little bit. So, Ted, then after Dusty Chaps, is that when you were in a band called Lickety Split? Is that next?
1: Yes, yeah, sort of. Because right after that, I was in a band called uh, Crazy Heart. We did a couple CDs. And then after that, it was uh, Lickety Split. Okay. And then we got signed by Budweiser Beer. Lickety Split did. Yes. And you guys toured all around the country. Yeah, and every time Budweiser would sponsor a concert, we were the opening band for that concert. You
0: know? Tell us about some of those bands, some of those big-name bands that you warmed up for when oh, you were God, playing with Look yeah. Split.
1: Drinky Skaggs, Mark Chestnut. Oh, God. We did a...
0: a played the Grizzly Rose, right? Was that when you League. guys warmed up for Foreigner? and
1: Foreigner and Three Dog Night? Three Dog Nights, Night, yeah. And uh, uh, Merle Haggard... Tom T. Hall, Mark Chestnut, and just a lot. I can't remember all of them. How
0: neat. <laughs> Being a musician myself, but not at the level you are, there's always some stories out there. Do you have any uh, do you have any stories you'd like to share with us? Well, I
1: don't know. <laughs> some about, I can
0: I think and there was one about a, was it a, a flat tire maybe that you had? Or yes. <laughs> tell were, us about well, that. I, was, we were in,
1: I think it was Grant, New Mexico or something. And uh, we pulled off the side of the road because the drummer wanted to get something out of the back of the trailer. We're those damn drummers. I know. It. And we always kept the spare tire by the door because we didn't want to, you know, in case we had needed it, we didn't have to take everything out. So we pulled over the side of the road, opened up the back of the trailer, and the tire rolls out of down this hill oh boy and we're looking down there it's way down there and we're going we need this tire because you know if we get a flat we're screwed you know <laughs> so Scotty Friel he was the smallest guy in the group so we we had some rope luckily so we tied so it's like a cliff yeah so we tied the rope to him real good and it, <laughs> so we edged him down where the tire was oh my so he could pick the tire up, and really <laughs> pull him and the tire back up. Oh my gosh, that's great! Yeah, that was
0: uh, that was quite. <laughs> it's like out of a cartoon or something.
1: Yeah, I know. And then we we were together for quite a while, and then uh, after we broke up, uh, Clayton Mitchell, the guitar player, he went with uh, Kenny Chesney. Okay. And he's still with Kenny. still playing with he's still playing with Kenny. I have some stories with him but I can't really can't. tell you. <laughs> this is a PG well, show. Yeah, I know. Great but, guy. But, we, we had a lot
0: of fun together. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening now in your music career, which is really something. So for those that don't know, Chevelle Shepard won season 15 of The Voice, right. correct? When she was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was two years ago, right? Right. So here she is, 18. You guys uh, have traveled... Pretty much all around the country. All right. And tell us a little bit maybe about Dallas and Florida, and then I'll talk a little more about the songs. And
1: yeah, we traveled all over we went to Kentucky we, and we, we went to Florida and opened up for Maroon 5. and then we uh, did a lot of concerts in Albuquerque, opening up for a little big town, Brother Osborne, uh, And we did some of our own concerts too. And then we went to, uh, we did the PBR and, the, and we played our own show at the Dallas Cowboy Stadium, which was between 30 and 40,000.
0: Only 30 or 40,000.
1: Yeah. And uh, that was one of the big highlights. My goodness. We were supposed to do that again a few weeks ago, but it got canceled because of the
0: COVID. COVID, yes. Yeah. Well,. Pretty special, my gosh um and I you know of course you've played around bands here with wild country and with jelly bellies you you play at church functions, you play at picnics and weddings and what have you. I've been blessed enough to play with you at a few functions, and it's an absolute thrill uh many years ago when I played with you at ch- at a church function, I just knew from from the get go that uh you were somebody amazing so. It's it's really an honor. You guys are getting pretty popular. So you have, just like the circus, is a pretty big hit on country music television, right. and the letter, right? Pretty big hit on the same. And then you guys just recorded a Christmas album, right? right. Yeah. Fantastic. And you did a lot of that, some of that, if not all that, filming around the four corners here, yes. around Durango yeah. and around
1: with the train and. Right. I've been with her for it'll be two years this January. And it's—I feel very honored and privileged to, to do that.
0: Well, and I'm sure they feel the same thing about you. Yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> as all, and all the guys are very good. Everybody's top notch. You know.
0: Ted, what is it about music? Being an artist, being being somebody that's up on the stage and playing—what what is so special about it?
1: Well, it's an, music is a very emotional. When you're on stage playing with it, you're playing what you feel inside, and you try to bring it out through your hands and your your brain and your hands. And if you got all the other guys in the band doing the same thing, we're playing off of each other, and it's gives you goosebumps. i it mm. right now just <laughs> thinking about it.
0: Cause Everybody's in sync. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a it's special a, thing. Well, it's it's a, 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 a
1: high. It's a high that you just can't get. You know, can't explain it. And it's something I'll never quit doing until I have to go and play for the Lord.
0: Amen, brother. you have any advice for young and old musicians, or even non-musicians, but maybe musicians that are...
1: You know, anything that... Just don't give up. Practice and try to learn all different kinds of music. Not just... Lots of styles. Yeah. You know, like I did in the beginning, I didn't want to learn country, but... I'm glad I did, you know.
0: Ironically, it's how you've made a living.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I like all kinds of music, you know. Like I did a few things at Brenda's Cafe, and I knew this kid, uh, he's in high school, and he learned how to play guitar. He's not really, he's not bad at all, you know. And uh, so I said, hey, you wanna come sit in? And uh, he came in and said the whole night, and he did a great job. That wasn't his type of music. But
0: just the exposure. Yeah, the exposure. Right? And yes. you never know what kind of opportunity you're going to have, yeah. especially if you have all those different styles under yeah. your belt, right?
1: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I just don't don't give it up if it's something you feel like you want to do. You know, you know sometimes when music slows down, sometimes there was a time in my life where I, when I started having kids, I was still playing music. But I also got a day job too, so I could help pay for the family. And doing both, you know. Of course. Yeah. So It's a it's well, a, a hard break, you
0: know. Why don't I'm interested and excited to listen, and I know everyone else is. So why don't we break out that banjo? And uh, yeah, what do you hey. what do you got what do you have for us today? Yeah, I don't know. We be, uh, <laughs>
1: some foggy Something really zone.
0: mellow? No.
1: No. You know, a <laughs> That's a beautiful a thing about it. You don't play sad music on the banjo. That's right. You hear a banjo going, you're just tapping your toes, going, "Yeah, you know." Yeah. You know, Absolutely. And it puts a smile on your face. It sure does. Yeah. Puts a smile on my face every time I play it.
0: Well, let's let's put a smile on everybody's face. Okay. What do you got okay. there? Looks oh. like you got it all. You've already got it strapped oh, up. I'm and ready to go. All tuned up. Whatever, whatever you feel like okay. playing, Ted. sir yeah yeah thank you well Ted I'll tell you you are just such a talent you're so modest and uh just such a joyful and jolly guy and I know everybody that's ever that I know that's ever played with you and and listens to you is just uh always in awe and uh has a smile on their face <laughs> like I it's, do now it's it's it's, it's wonderful <laughs> and look forward to the other things that you guys and Chevelle Shepard, and that you're going to be, be coming us, out as with. Once
1: this COVID's over. Yeah, um, you guys are going to be on fire. I'm ready. Yeah. We're well, all ready to Yeah, go.
0: I'll bet you are. We are. Absolutely. Will you come back and visit us sometime? I would love to. All right, well, let's do it. Yeah. Thanks again, Ted. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You betcha. This podcast is brought to you by the popular books Wellness Toolbox One and Two. These books are available on Amazon as well as at local Durango, Colorado merchants. Purchase your copies today.